Welcome to Soups On with Dr. Stephen Cook, Superintendent for Ben Lapine Schools. In every podcast, Dr. Cook is serving up the latest news about our schools. Tune in to stay informed about key topics and go behind the scenes to learn more about our great schools and community. Find all the Soups On podcasts at bls.fyi slash podcast. That's bls.fyi slash podcast. And now, here's Dr. Cook. Welcome to the Soup is On podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Stephen Cook, superintendent of the Ben Lapine Schools. On the Soup is On podcast, we talk about all things for public education, specifically as they relate to the Ben Lapine Schools and the greater community. This is our second podcast here. And uh, if you recall, last week we spent some time talking about the reopening plan and that operational guidance that was given out by the Oregon Department of Education, and uh, our guest was Julian Retman, in which we presented the the guidance that the state has given us. Um, This week, we're going to continue talking about how we're opening back uh, school this fall and what those expectations might look like. And this week, my guest is uh, Tammy Pike. Tammy, here in Ben Lapine Schools, is the lead nurse for the the school district. Tammy, what's your official title? (laughs) My official, thank you, Dr. Cook. My official title is Assistant Director of Health Services for Ben Lapine Schools. Well, we are so tickled to have you here. We, you, are, you are a de facto local expert. When we get tangled up and we don't know what to do, we run to you and say, help us figure out uh, guidance, help us get um, things solved so we know what to expect. And so um, I, we're glad to have you, and we're going to pick your brain on today's show. And, uh, and before we get started, I would just like to talk a little bit about the guidance from uh, the RSSL guidelines from ODE. Um, the updates from OHA, and then a, a, maybe a curveball that just happened in the last few days. Um, we're putting a timestamp on this right now. The fact that the governor's office uh, intervened and actually uh, got involved in school opening plans, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. But um, right now, we're still in the process of getting feedback from our health department and from uh, others on questions that we are going to have to be able to answer and, and, and want to be able to communicate with our public before we submit our operational plan to our board. Um, so before we get started, give me a little bit of background. What brought you to here? What brought you to Ben Lapine Schools in the role you're currently in? And uh, help the, the listeners in our audience get to know you a little better. Well, thank you. Um, I, I'm not very good about talking about myself, but um, I have been a registered nurse since <clears throat> 1996. And um, the first part of my career was um, a role as a labor and delivery nurse. And um, we moved up here um, to Oregon and um, I started dabbling in uh, substitute school nursing and it just kind of, I got the school nurse bug and um, started off as a substitute nurse, um, a, a school nurse, and now I am the assistant director of health services for Ben Lapine Schools for the past seven years. And as I already mentioned, we are tickled to have you in this role. So thanks for spending some time with us as well today thanks. to give us a little better look on this. So what I'd like to talk about is just the role of, of a healthy school community and how you help us with that, how our nurses help us with that in general. Um, not just in the from the lens of the pandemic. I think the pandemic has done a really uh, Im- important push into n- all of us knowing and understanding the roles of nurses in our 
in our schools and your role is our in the lead of that uh, department. So tell us just a little bit about what our nurses do in schools and how their role helps with the, the expectations of teaching and learning in our schools. Most definitely. Our school nursing team in Ben Lapine schools are amazing. Um, this past year, we all came together as a team. We couldn't have done it without each other. Um, roles of school nurses, um, they are the health professional leaders in our school. Um, sometimes they're the only access to healthcare that students have. Um, so therefore they are a vital part of the healthcare system. Um, some of the top priorities uh, are to, for, that nurses play is that they keep our students healthy, safe, in school and ready to learn. Um, they lead in the development of policies, programs, procedures of school health practice. Um, they are student advocates. Um, they provide education not only to students, but to their family, staff, and the community on topics um, affecting health. Um, they manage disease prevention. Uh, chronic diseases, emergency preparedness, case management, and behavioral health. And they collaborate with local, state, and national care providers. Um, this past year, schools have relied heavily on the expertise of these amazing group of nurses. And with what seemed like a constant changing of COVID safety guidelines, um, our nursing team was at the ready um, to help interpret and interpret up-to-date best practice guidance. So we're ready to take on this next school year. So thank you for that. So when you meet with our nurses and, and we start talking about um, the pandemic or COVID, um, you know, it's a different year. It isn't the same year as last year. I mean, there's some things that are going to look similar. But what would, what would be something that we could expect that we might be preparing similarly or differently than we did last year? You know, I remember I was in a different district last year at this time, but I remember thinking about, I, you know, one of the things that was just uh, on our minds last year was I think we washed desks yeah. so often. Um, but we know a lot more this year. You know, the, I, the pandemic's not over, and, and we're not here to pretend that it is. But it, we do know a lot more this year. So talk just a little bit about what we might be seeing a little differently this year in what we know and what to expect as we prepare to go back into our classrooms, hopefully full-time and every kid every day. Sure. Um, and that's the goal, right? Um, I think, you know, in addition to our standard um, process start to the school year, um, you know, nurses meet with parents and students and do staff trainings, um, updating health management plans. Um, nurses will also be supporting students and staff with COVID-19 safety guidance. So let's just leave that there. But what does that mean? That means that from what we know today may be different tomorrow. And so nurses have to be at the ready to be able to pivot our guidance. So this is not only just following guidance, nurses have to know how to pivot and help implement um, the new guidance that comes out. And we know with you know, the Delta variant and the new information that comes out um, from studies is that we will have to pivot and we find out more and more each day. So um, again, we'll be, you know, our, our standard COVID safety practices, distancing, masking, 
um, you know, not to come to school when you're sick. That is definitely something we're going to be reinforcing with staff this year. Um, but then we're also at the ready to pivot um, if guidance changes. And I think you, what you just brought up is something I'd like to bring in and maybe talk a little more about is, uh, I'll be just quite honest, I, I get pushed from parents and family members who are frustrated because they have information that they believe is pertinent to say, for example, masks are ineffective or that um, social distancing is nothing more than a burden and um, they have what they what they would say are are informational sources or studies that they believe are relevant um, once and for all let's talk about this on the record who do we get our information from and when it comes down to what we're choosing to be the sources that we rely upon um, so that our parents know uh, what to expect from us. I mean, I, I think it's very important for us to, to say this truthfully on the record. Sure. We're not going to just take every study. Who do we rely upon? Right. And I will say, first and foremost, you know, we, we had um, the CDC put out guidance last week about recommending masks, and they put out more stringent guidance this week. It's with the data, it's it's frustrating for all. It's frustrating for nurses, for healthcare providers, um, and for parents because things do change. But the science, we're learning more and more about this virus and more and more about what it can and can't do. And so I think it's really important that you find reputable sources, meaning we, we uh, work closely with Deschutes County Health Department, Oregon Health Authority, and CDC, and additionally, we receive input from state, local, and national healthcare providers. Um, it's information needs to come from a credible source um, and backed up with evidence. Um, that is huge. So you know, accuracy, um, authority, currency, and coverage need to be the four things you need to look at when you're looking at a credible source. It's very frustrating. I completely understand the frustration. Um, I myself, at the beginning of this pandemic questioned a lot of things and had to do a lot of research, um, you know, for not only for my students and my nursing staff, but for myself. Um, and so it's really important to have credible uh, sources that we can rely on, and it needs to be backed up with uh, evidence. So if our parents wanted a straight answer from us, who would we recommend they get their information from? Is it safe to say just go to the CDC website to get that information if they have questions? I think I think it's great. I know parents that we talked to last year, um, OHA at times differed a little bit from CDC. Uh, perhaps we were more um, um, strict with our guidance. Um, it's definitely a balance. You definitely, I want to know what's going on with CDC. I want to know what's going on with the Oregon Health Authority and with our public health. Um, so, you know, it's a combination, but, um, you know, rule of thumb, go to CDC and um, look at our Oregon Health Authority um, for their guidance. Thank you for that. So as a follow-up, let me just ask a really kind of direct question. Do you think our schools are safe? I do. I do. Um, I think that schools, in order for our schools to be safe uh, for our staff and students, we all must work together. That's it. If, if we have 
folks that don't want to, um, you know, perhaps mask or send their kids to school if they think they have allergies, it's not going to work. Um, what this means is adhering to the safety practices um, set forth by the school district along with local, state, and national health agencies. Um, it's really, really, really important. Even if you think your student just has allergies, I mean, we all get them, I completely understand. Um, we've had folks test positive. Um, the Delta variant is a little different now. Um, you know, a lot of headaches and sore throats that we've been hearing. So those are things we need to keep in mind and um, take precautions and take care of ourselves. And, um, you know, you are looking out for you, your family, and for the community. We want to get through this pandemic. Um, another thing I want to go back to is the question you talked about where we get our resources. Um, looking at CDC, CDC is a national um, uh, resource. Also, when I talk about, you know, the Oregon Health Authority, the, the virus may be different here in the state of Oregon than it is in Florida or Texas. So we also look to the guidance of Oregon Health Authority for specifically for our um, state. And then we look to local public health for specifically in our community. Um, so I just wanted to clarify that. So you're when you talk about that, you're talking about what the impact of transmission might look like, what the rates of infection are happening in the community or uh, percent positivity, just those things that that really are bigger, larger public health issues that yes. that Deschutes County Public Health and, and the Oregon Health Authority are going to have the pulse of our local community or even our state as compared to uh, when there are other hot spots across the country. Correct. Um, so let's let's you mentioned masking in that last answer and just for our listeners uh, benefit we're recording this on a Friday um, Thursday afternoon on uh, July 29th Governor Brown issued that uh, there will be required masking for all uh, students and staff in k-12 private and public schools that that notice went out on Thursday after or Thursday pre right before lunch and uh, and we're now adjusting our plans how that might look differently um, and, and as you can imagine we've ha already had lots and lots of feedback from parents frustration with uh, a government mandate or frustration with that being done centrally and not allowing um, local control for that decision and 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 you, you can imagine inboxes here in the school district they're filling up very quickly with with parents who are uh, both supportive of masking uh, in our schools and some that are, are are actually I won't even say they're not supportive of that they just want it to be a, a parent choice and so um, many parents are have have no concern with people masking but they don't want to be told to mask or have their students mask so what would you say? I mean, this is this is the world we're living in today. Just almost almost every moment of the day. What would you say to a parent that says uh, masking should be the choice of the parent and uh, it should be left up to them, or or even one step further, if it's if it's so unsafe for us to go to school, um, should we even be in school and classrooms together? I mean, those are those are real emails we get daily, multiple. Uh, multiple uh, of those both types um, tell me how do you handle that conversation because I know you're getting it as often sure. as I am as a parent of two children who've gone through school they've now graduated um, I wholeheartedly agree that parents should have a say in health decisions that affect their children um, however 
COVID-19 is a public health issue and our students in Benlam Pine schools are attending public schools and should therefore follow recommendations from Deschutes County Health Services, OHA and CDC. I mean, bottom line, it's important to follow the science as we know it now. Um, could that change in a month, six months? Um, sure, uh, definitely a possibility. Um, you know, but as of right now, guidance from local national health agencies, including American Academy of Pediatrics, um, are strongly recommending um, both vaccinated and unvaccinated individuals to mask. So um, I think, you know, is it safe to be at school? Would it be safer maybe to have, you know, kids just stay at home learning virtually? Um, definitely that should be a decision that should be made with input from uh, the students, parents, school, healthcare providers. Um, but we've seen the impact of distance learning um, that has had on our students. Mental health, socialization, academics um, have taken a toll. So you have to kind of weigh the risk benefits um, of uh, attending school in person. And I would I would just clarify one thing before we, we move on that 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 guidance that you're talking about is wearing a mask while indoors at school. Correct. There's not not currently any uh, expectation that students vaccinated or not or staff for that matter would be masked while outdoors, yep. uh, with the exception of if they're riding a bus. Um, that's a federal mandate that we don't have a control over that they students will be masked if they ride a bus. So, so you you mentioned the the kind of that the juxtaposition of keeping kids safe and uh, but wouldn't it be safer for them to be at home but the cost of that the social cost and the in some regards the economic cost of them being at home and and psychological cost of being at home um, we're we've been very very public with the the idea that our goal is that we want kids in school every single day five days a week um, that we are going to promote an environment where it becomes predictable and routinized again, and kids can be in school um, while living in a world of mitigation strategies and trying to keep that environment safe. So um, what is that burden? What is that as a goal for us? How does that, how does that fit into the job description of, of our team of nurses? What's, what's their role in helping us manage that environment so that um, we're doing that in a way that we're balancing safety with delivering in-person teaching and learning every single day. Sure, I think a big role of nurses again this year will be education and continuing to educate. There's so much information out there. Parents, I get it, completely overwhelmed and overloaded with information, but we need to continue on with that, keeping our kids safe, um, helping parents, students, staff understand rationales of masking and distancing we want to keep our kids in school in-person school we all want them back and the way to do that is um, with maintaining the COVID precautions and getting vaccinated that is huge um, vaccination will definitely help with um, quarantining um, it will students that um, or individuals that um, are deemed close contacts to somebody that's tested positive with, with COVID, um, if they've been fully vaccinated and they don't have any symptoms, they will not have to quarantine. Based on the information we have now from our studies for COVID, um, that is huge. And so 
if we have unvaccinated students in the school with masking, keep those masks on because that will help with determining quarantine status. Um, and so, but number one, vaccination. So you just hit, that's a big change from previous years. I think last year, what what most school districts uh, across the country um, if there was a positive case in a classroom environment, especially at the secondary level, it, it typically would wind up with a lot of students and sometimes even staff uh, being excluded from school through quarantine. And, and that was determined through contact tracing. Oh, yes. So do we, so maybe let's talk about contact tracing. And if there are, I, I don't know that if I'd say there's changes, but how contact tracing will work in light of, there's, there's two really big differences this year. Number one, the game or the role of vaccinations uh, and how that would be a part of contact tracing. And number two, the fact that OHA has provided guidance that if an exposure to a positive case now was mask to mask at a three feet uh, distance, that that arguably they may not have to quarantine as well. Is that accurate? Yes, that's accurate. Um, so generally, um, contact tracing in general, it um, slows the spread of COVID. Um, it, it helps to let people know that they may have been exposed to COVID and should watch for symptoms possibly to get tested and um, to possibly self-isolate or self-quarantine. Um, depends on the type of exposure. Um, so for us, how our contact tracing works for Benlo Pine Schools is the case is identified, whether it be a parent's called us or I've notified from the health department. Um, isolate. We're going to have that student, if they're at school and they've tested positive, they are going to be um, going to one of our um, isolation areas. Um, we investigate. We're going to investigate and identify close contacts. Um, and they'll, the close contacts, meaning if you, within six feet, for longer than a total of, uh, cumulative total of 15 minutes and 24 hours. However, this year it's different because if you're masked and you're within that three to six foot range and school, if you are masked and both folks have been wearing masks diligently, that person will not have to quarantine away from that positive case. So that's huge. Um, and we're very excited about that. Again, that's because we know more about the COVID virus and um, transmission. Um, and so Cooperation with this process will help keep schools open. And I think that's a big thing is keeping those masks on because that will definitely decrease the amount of number of quarantine um, that we will have to um, impose upon um, students and staff. So quarantine, isolation. So there's, there's two different things there. Quarantining and isolation aren't the same thing. Isolation, we're talking about a positive case, a, a case of, of COVID-19 that a, a student or staff member has tested positive and, and they're going to be isolated. How long is that, is that still the same amount of time? Has that changed as we've learned more over the year? So no, actually isolation um, has not changed. It's, it's still 10 days and it's 10 days from either the symptom onset or if there are no symptoms, it's 10 days from when um, they received the positive test. So when they were, the test was administered. And so it's, it's 10 days from them. Um, and it's, I know it's frustrating for some folks because if they're, they don't have any symptoms and they feel fine, but yet here they are, they're st stuck, isolated. Um, it's very frustrating, but you're definitely protecting your loved ones and those in the community if you do isolate. Now quarantining, 
if somebody's exposed and they would be required to quarantine, have, has that time change changed over the year? <laughs> Is there any differences? That's been one that's kind of been a moving target in the past. Oh, yes, definitely. So, um, definitely. So, quarantine. Let's talk about that. So, if you've been identified as a close contact to a positive case, and um, let's say you're not vaccinated, so the recommendation is going to be you have three options here. Um, quarantine at home for 14 days from the last day of the close contact to the um, positive case. It's the gold standard safest option. Um, you don't need to test. Um, or you can quarantine at home for 10 days from the last day of close contact to the positive case, no testing. Again, it's not the gold standard. The gold standard is 14 days. Um, and then, or you can quarantine at home and on day six or seven from the last exposure to the positive case, you can get tested for COVID-19. For Benla Pine Schools, it's with a PCR or an NAAT molecular test. Um, if the test is negative, and the individual has no symptoms, they can return to school on day eight. So what if a parent says, my kid's not quarantining. My, my kid is going to be in school. My kid has a right to be in school. Um, this, is, <laughs> this has happened. Um, what's our response? Um, unfortunately, this is um, a uh, mandate from the state. And... It is the um, it, it's failure to comply with this guidance could result in the state or local public health authority issuing an emergency isolation or quarantine order or seeking a court order for isolation for quarantine under ORS 433.121 to 433.140. So this means that we have to follow this mandate. So that's Oregon statute yes. for our listeners in case there's questions about this on whether or not we even have the authority to do this. We get lots of questions all the time. Orders our authority to deny kids access, deny students access to schools. Um, it's not that we're interested. As a matter of fact, it's quite the opposite. And I'll restate this. It is our goal to keep kids in school every single day. And we've advocated for uh, modifications of guidance and systems to help us navigate this opportunity and make sure that access to school is first and foremost. And we do have good news for our listeners in that regard, right? Now, you've mentioned no less than, than three things, I think, that are going to help us stay in school. Uh, first and foremost, what's the, what's the one message we want to have our families and parents know about? We want them to vaccinate. What about uh, for our students that are not eligible to be vaccinated yet because it's not eligible for students under the age of 12? What? Yep, it's important to continue masking, social distancing uh, as much as possible, and to not come to school when you're sick. We, you know, we, I don't know that there's an answer to this, but I get asked this question a lot. Um, this is an emergency approval vaccination at this point for um, Pfizer, Moderna, and Johnson & Johnson, none of them have been fully approved. And I think Pfizer is the only one that's approved down to age 12. Um, for families and parents who say this, this is, vaccination isn't even a, a true FDA-approved vaccination yet because it hasn't been given full of approval, um, that's, that's a, a valid point to some extent, right? But so what, what's our 
Well, what do we say to them when they ask us those questions? So you could get you, you get your vaccination and um, your symptoms typically would be less severe. Um, as you've heard in the US, um, most hospitalized patients um, that are diagnosed with COVID are unvaccinated. Unvaccinated, that is huge. Um, and so I, I hear what parents um, and, and the feeling of uh, folks out there with their opinions and beliefs that you know it's not as safe. Um, vaccination, um, again, you have to look at the, the way the risks and the benefits. And I, in the beginning, I did my homework as well. And I um, researched, I talked to my healthcare provider, I looked up studies and um, came to the decision to um, get myself vaccinated. But again, I did my homework. I'm not just going to go out there and get vaccinated because the government comes out with something. I'm going to do my homework. Thanks for that, Tammy. I, you know, this is, I think one of the things for me, if you're, for our listeners, if you're on the fence and you're thinking about this and, and uh, the, the, you have a student over the age of 12 that's not vaccinated yet, and, and if nothing more, you're, you're deciding whether or not that choice is yours. Um, I don't know if this is going to motivate you or not, but it, I can tell you that uh, with parents I talked to last year, Many of we in my previous district, we were in school at least in person for the entire year in some fashion or another. Um, the bigger frustration, uh, while masks were a conversation that were ongoing all year, the biggest frustration that I had with parents that that brought their frustrations to me were the their frustrations with multiple quarantines um, and their student missing out on that in-person learning experience. And so, this really could be. Um, a path towards keeping their kids in school because if your kid is quarant, I mean, if your kid is vaccinated, and then is asked uh, to quarantine, it almost serves as a get out of jail free card for them. Is that is that a safe assumption for our parents who are thinking about whether or not it's right for their kid? Yeah, for the most part, it definitely is. I mean, um, you know, I'm not going to downplay the importance of masking, but definitely vaccination is um, so important. Okay, well, thank you, Tammy. You get the last word. One last comment on what you would wish for our parents and our students or, or our listeners regarding how we might focus on health and wellness for this, for this school year and how we can maximize doing our best to stay in in-person learning and uh, have a successful year as we hopefully start to eke out of uh, this pandemic um, as, as this year matriculates? Sure. Um, I definitely have a few things. Um, vaccinate. Um, please adhere to the COVID safety guidance for masking, distance, hand washing. Um, don't send your student to school with any COVID symptoms. Something minor, such as a runny nose or sore throat, um, that may be blamed on allergies or smoke can be symptoms of COVID. Um, towards the end of the last school year, we had a few parents and guardians very upset um, that their student was excluded for a simple runny nose or a headache. And um, we had a few that called back and profusely apologized because the students had tested positive. Um, one ask that I do, I ask the school community, please, please give your school nurses some grace and kindness. Last school year was extremely stressful for everyone. Um, unfortunately, our school nurses seem to be the ones taking the brunt of the storm. Um, school nurses are instructed to follow district guidelines so they don't make these up um, themselves. 
nurses want nothing more um, than to have students safely back to in-person learning. Um, again, the more we adhere to safety practices, um, students will be able to remain in school without disruption, and that's our goal. Well, thanks for that, Tammy. I'm yeah. so glad you could have this opportunity to join us and help our listeners learn and understand more about the directions we're heading and, uh, and such great insights. So thank you for great. joining Thanks for having me. All right, folks, that's it for this episode. I want to thank my guest, Tammy Pike, for providing such wonderful insight on how our nursing team is going to keep us functioning very safely, but all within the guidelines of, of public health expectations for Ben Lapine Schools. Join us next time as we start to analyze the opening plan for our schools. Uh, this guidance will be part of the plan we submit to the Oregon Department of Education and will be presented to our school board on August 10th. Um, that, If you recall, that board meeting will be happening at Bend High School, uh, 5.30 on August 10th. Um, if you're interested, please join us there. We'd be glad to have you in, and uh, observe that, that board meeting. Just a reminder, this is a brand new podcast for Ben Lapine Schools. If you're pleased with the work we're doing, uh, please remember to share these uh, share these on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Additionally, if there are topics you'd like to hear more about or tackle, have us tackle, please send us a note. Please let us know your thoughts, and we are always grateful for the feedback. Thanks for listening to The Soup is On, and please remember to always support public education. You've been listening to Soup's On with Dr. Stephen Cook, Superintendent for Ben Lapine Schools. Find more episodes at bls.fyi slash podcast. If you have a topic you'd like to suggest, email us at podcast at ben.k12.or.us. Thanks for listening.